Today, we're sharing with you our second Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle podcast series episode that deals with how one acquires their legal status here in Costa Rica. It's a very important and involved process from start to finish. It's a process that more and more individuals and families are doing. So many people moving to Costa Rica now, there's so much stress and uncertainty in the lives of many all over the world. Costa Rica seems to be that Pura Vida lifestyle land of peace and tranquility. Today and throughout the coming weeks, I'll be spending a little bit of time with Kevin McNamee, who is the principal at Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his team have been helping hundreds of people acquire their legal status and everything that's involved with the process for many, many years now. He's an expert, he's a professional and a perfectionist when it comes to his business and I'm happy to have him here with us. We're in the process of recording a series of short Q&A type episodes. Each episode will address and answer two or three questions regarding the residency process, and you're going to learn about how to begin, how the process works, the time frames, and so much more. Kevin, welcome again, and thanks for your time once again today. Well, thank you very much for the repeated request to meet with you. Well, this is kind of fun. Hey, Kevin, in our first episode, we discussed your personal history here in Costa Rica, how you got started in the residency business, and we touched on a few other important points. We're here again with our many listeners, and they're eager to hear what you have to say today as well. Uh, first, let's start out with the fact that I do understand that there are three statuses that can be used to acquire one's legal status. Would you explain this to us, please? Yes, with great pleasure. And you did use the right word, status. A lot of people refer to getting a legal position here in Costa Rica as a visa. The visa is what is given to you as a tourist when you arrive. If you're a North American, Canadian, or, or an American, you do not have to apply for the visa. You get one when you arrive for 90 days. Various countries have very lengths, various lengths of visas, but visa is completely different from a legal status. The three most popular legal statuses are pensionado, a person with a pension, rentista, a person with a guaranteed income, and a investor status, which currently requires a investment of $200,000 US in a approved project here in Costa Rica, approved investment. Luckily or timely, the $200,000 could be the purchase of a home or property here that also qualifies as a approved investment. All three of the most popular statuses, that'd be again, the, the pension rentista and resident investor have one thing in common, and that is they are all considered temporary. After 36 months of having this temporary status, you can apply for and expect to receive your permanent status. The difference being, and while you have the temporary status, you are not allowed to work here in Costa Rica, taking a job away from a Costa Rican. Okay. 
after you have permanent status, you could work, join the workforce if you wanted to. You could compete with a fellow foreigner with with permanent status or with a Costa Rican to take a job here in the country. Why the 36 months? Costa Rica protects this labor force and its voting base. And they do not want people coming here and working, as they call it, bakshi, without any legal status. Why three statuses? Why not one? Basically because one doesn't fit all three categories. Quite understandably, an investor with money puts $200,000 in the country minimum, and they have the right to apply for investor status. A pensionado has a pension of $1,000 a month guaranteed for life. And that includes social security. If that's the route they wanna go, that's considered a pension. And that'd be the financial requirement for the uh, pensionado. Rentista was developed for those people who typically self-employed, who have not gotten a pension or do not have a pension, but have lots of money. Mm -hmm. So what they have to do is prove that they have enough money assets to survive here in Costa Rica on $2,500 a month. And that's required for a period of 24 months. Therefore, 24 times 25 is $60,000 deposit, typically in a bank here in Costa Rica. And that letter would be written by the bank to immigration, which we take to immigration on their behalf, stating that Mr. and Mrs. or Mr. Joe Blue applicant has on deposit with us an amount of US $60,000 or more entitling them to a monthly stipend of $2,500 per month if required. No need to spend it, but if you required, it really boils down to being a means test. Now that's the financial requirement differential differentiation between the three of the most popular, by far most popular uh, statuses. Now, there are other additional paperwork, but we spell those out so thoroughly on our webpage and such that there's no use taking notes down, folks. We have, we, we have it covered. We have you covered. Uh, simply look at our website and you'll see step-by-step step the paperwork required from your home country and the paperwork we help you obtain here in Costa Rica as we collect your paperwork for you and we deposit it at immigration. Well, I've been to your website and you certainly aren't lying about that at all. There's a, a lot of great information there and it's so detailed. Um, a few of my friends here in Costa Rica, they are what you call perpetual tourists and they haven't bothered to acquire their legal status yet, although a lot of them are thinking about it right now. Is it worth the bother to acquire one's legal status or can you simply be a perpetual tourist for forever? Oh boy, good question. And in some cases I actually tell people, I recommend that people 
do become perpetual tourists. Those are the people that are on such a tight budget or have no budget mm -hmm. that they cannot qualify for any one of the three, but they still want to live here. Is it risky? Yes, in the sense that as a tourist, you have no rights. As a perpetual tourist, still no rights. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's possible to live here. You are required to, leave, to re, renew your visa every 90 days, which necessitates a quick trip to Panama or Nicaragua. And traditionally, it was called for an hour, two hours outside of the Costa Rica, and then you return and you get another 90-day visa if we're talking about North Americans, for example. Because of the virus, COVID and, and the virus and the aggravation that people have gone through and such, I see a trend where now Panama is saying, okay, you want to come over and renew your visa? You have to be here for three days. We need a hotel receipt showing that you have stayed outside of the country for three days and nights. Mm -hmm. Or the and a financial requirements show us you have $500, show us you have $1,000. What that indicates is that that government is getting tired of manning a, a frontier post, immigration post, just to facilitate people living in another country to come across back and forth. That trend, I think, will accelerate because literally, even from the Costa Rican government's perspective, a perspective, uh, sorry, perspective, a permanent tourist doesn't really add a lot to the mix here in Costa Rica. They, of course, cannot work, although some attempt to and, and do it successfully. But unfortunately, what they're doing, and, and Costa Rica realizes it, is they're taking away a job from a Costa Rican. You know, a, a realtor from Newark, New Jersey comes down and says, hey, I can sell in Newark, New Jersey. I can sell down here. He talks to a fellow compatriot and they say, well, okay, just work Bakshi. Again, my famous Bakshi. But the fact is, there was a Costa Rican that was going to sell that person, that client of the illegal person, the property, and he's now lost his commission. He complains to the government and because the potential tourist does not have any legal status or illegal right, can't go to court and say, I, I, I defend myself because blah, blah, blah. The fact is you have no rights and the government simply will say, okay, no more visa, you're out of here and you have no recourse. So is it, is it a good idea? No. Is that self-sorbing statement on my behalf? Yes and no, it's, it's peace of mind for you if you follow the concept of becoming and obtaining a legal status, but sometimes it's just not feasible. Yeah, I certainly, practical. Yeah, I certainly understand that. Uh, Kevin, you thoroughly explained the difference between the rentista, the pensionado, and the resident investor. I know a lot of people probably qualify for all three of them. Uh, what is the best choice of status for the person who wants to acquire legal status? and qualifies for all three. I'm sure you walk them through the different choices, correct? Well, yes, yes. When we talk to people, we can, we can quickly ascertain whether they, which, which will be best for them. Now that's not talking about family members or you know that part of the thing, but just taking a, 
a couple with a couple of kids coming down here and saying, "We what what type would be best for us?" That really is a question that they and only they can answer. But if a person is going to buy a house anyways, and they're going to pay over two hundred thousand dollars, that's the financial requirement. So right there, that's the big unknown becomes known. The pension, a thousand dollars. And incidentally, as the question rises, can a person live on a thousand dollars a month here? Uh, yes, we, you can. I don't know exactly what part of the country you would be living in, or what type of uh, accommodation you would have, but technically, the government says a thousand dollars is required is minimum required. So that facilitates a lot of people that have uh, social security only, or a smaller pension, or a small uh, husband applies with his thousand dollar social security and his wife automatically is included in that application because again in all three cases pension out of rentista and investor status the amount required covers the applicant spouse and children under 18 or children under 25 if they're full-time students the, probably the most often asked question is well, how much does my spouse have to have? That is the answer. Whatever the requirement is for the applicant, and, and in many cases, the applicant is the is the wife for various reasons. And she may have had a job part-time that now creates enough uh, social security or, or pension to qualify and the husband doesn't. The government doesn't care. How should meet the financial requirement? And let's face it, folks, that the reason why they have these programs is that they want you to live in Costa Rica. Why? Because they want you to spend your hard-earned money here in Costa Rica. It's very simple. It's all economics. They, they, they make it as easy as possible. That's questionable at times, but the fact is their decisions are based on common sense, and common sense does prevail. It's uh, walk, walk looking at each detail and such, you can see there is a rationale behind why they have certain requirements. Uh, Coming to mind is the, for Americans or is the FBI report or Canadians if the RCMP report. That's, that's to prove that you're not a, a criminal or you have a criminal history already and want to come down here and continue your nefarious ways. We jokingly say Costa Rica can raise their, raise their own crime, criminals and we don't have to import them. So that's one of the reasons. But people object to this saying, well, it's, it's, it's invades my privacy. And the government has a pretty standard answer. Okay, we will not invade your privacy and you won't be here. Simple. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. Kevin, you've explained this very well as usual, and it's been a pleasure. And uh, folks, we've posted Kevin's contact information and his website address in the program notes that are associated with this episode. And I urge you to follow up and visit his website. Lots of great information there, like we said. And when you're ready to have your questions answered and all of your concerns addressed, I'm sure Kevin will be happy to do so. By the way, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first conversation regarding residency as well. I'm going to add that link to the program notes again. You can also find the link on Kevin's website. 
Uh, Kevin, thanks again. We'll see you soon for our next episode of How to Acquire Your Legal Status here in Costa Rica. We really appreciate it. You're welcome very much, Skip. Very, very nice. Nice talking with you again. Again. See you next time.